This is Fall on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good yeah we are literally in there's two best times of the year in sports right there's now like literally this weekend through the next three weeks i guess uh longer than that i would say through the next month or so is the best time in sports the other best time in sports is gonna be like late october early november so right now we got the madness we're gonna have the masters baseball just started and the playoffs are right around the corner it's really the best time it is a great time of year it's just the the like wait like when your team is legit with playoff aspirations seeding isn't much going on it's kind of like okay come on we need the playoffs we need the playoffs but you're right because march madness is here and that kind of buys the time the hype of opening day in baseball you're right that kind of buys the time until we get to the shits of the nba playoffs right but this is what I'm saying, and because this is ball on blast and not necessarily just NBA on blast. Mm-hmm. Like, the the tournament in the first couple of rounds, I, I think, was a little lacking. You know, I don't think this was Agreed. one of the best, one of the better first round, first second rounds that we've had in the last couple of years in the tournament. But the way that it shook out for this Sweet 16 weekend that we're, you know, just about to start here. Yep. I, I, I think that it's... It, it, it's presented us in such a way that I think all these games this weekend, uh, from now until Sunday, are going to be excellent. Yeah, I could definitely see that, too. I definitely see that being a thing. And it's it's a good timing, right? Because right now, I mean, as we start this podcast, we'll start with the little Raptors talk. And first things first, I guess I got to say what's up to people probably waiting or looking for a Wrap It Up podcast. Hey, and, uh, real, real condensed Wrap It Up podcast. The Raptors <laughs> beat down the Knicks, and the Knicks had four guys in their rotation of nine or ten that you've never heard of. <laughs> I mean, add that to I said uh, wrap it ups on load management. Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> I had like a crazy work meeting on Wednesday, so I missed the game against the Bulls. But blowout city, the Bulls doesn't matter. Same thing again against the Knicks going on right now. So we thought it'd be better service to we'll talk a little Raptors. But we'll also hit up a little bit more of the NBA story as well on this Ball on Blast podcast instead of wrap it up to talk about the Knicks, right? Like, whatever. Knicks are trying for the lottery. (laughs) Whatever, right? Exactly. And really, the Raptors right now are in such a position where, like, barring an epic collapse or, you know, a a devastating injury, I mean, the top— Whoa, 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 yo. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood right now. Okay, okay, sorry. Yes, I will as well. I will as well. Here. Hey, hey. There we go. We just gave it a knock. All right. Okay. So, barring anything terrible happening, I mean, the top four, top five seeds in the East are pretty much set in stone. And, I mean, really every team except eight is in. We just don't know whether it's going to be Detroit or Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting, and I want to ask you this about your, you know, your coworkers, your like casual, average Raptor fan, because I've noticed this lately. You got a bunch of these games where really it hasn't mattered that much for the Toronto Raptors. They're kind of settled, as you just said, into the second seed. They've also stated that seeding doesn't really matter to them, 
But yet, I feel like there's a lot of the fan base that is kind of worried. I don't know if worried is the right word, but they don't seem that comfortable. Like, they kind of wonder why the team isn't going for first place in the conference. To you, Mr. Andrew Webster, should they be going for the top seed or does seeding not matter? Um, well, I think seeding matters, and of course you'd want to be the first seed, but I just don't think that they've got the horses, and I don't think that Milwaukee's going to slow down, that that ground is going to be made up very easily. Instead, when you have a first-year coach like Nurse, like Nick Nurse, I think that he sh- and he is using this time not to try and win these games and try and make up ground on the Bucks, but to really see what he has in terms of rotations that he can use when times get tough in the playoffs. And if you have that kind of time to prepare before you get into a war or, you know, whether it's a sweep or a seven-game war with either uh, Brooklyn or Detroit, knowing what you have in your gun is only going to help you. It's so true. I just think that you're, you're right. you you got to kind of pick your spots and choose and decide what's most important, right? Do you want to go all out in attempts to try to get the first overall seed? Or is it more important to kind of work out the kinks but kind of maybe down gear a little to make sure that your team is healthy heading into the playoffs because that's the most important thing, especially when you're dealing with a lot of older players, right? And, of course, we know Kawhi Leonard's situation already. But to me, like, I'm not worried about the seeding because, again, I just think that this team, the vets that they have, they're not really worried about playing on the road in the playoffs. They're not worried about those things. Like, I think you have a a veteran core that understands already that it's more important to be well-rested, to make sure, you know, your chemistry's intact. You can tell the way that these guys have been playing since the trade deadline. Like, the offense has just looked so much better. And those are the things that are way more important than, you know, coming in first overall. Leave that to, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, or as you pointed out, the Atlanta Hawks teams, right, from before that are just, like, happy to be here because – Hey, we're first in the in the conference. Yeah, Yay. let's win sixty games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Whereas, I think that I think that Raptor fans are nervous and they should be nervous because okay. it's the Raptors, <laughs> right? Like they've they've never Listen, they've never been to an NBA Finals and you have this pressure and like we've talked about this with Kawhi. I mean, it, the seating doesn't matter. You know what matters? It matters in getting to the NBA Finals and how can you best organize your team and the people on your team to help achieve that goal. I agree with you, and I think that is the thing that has the fan base nervous. Again, I'm doing air quotes, but I think it's exactly that. They're used to watching the Toronto Raptors franchise, and the Toronto Raptors franchise has never been in this position before. But that's why I keep bringing up the fact that this isn't your past year's Raptors, right? You got Kawhi, you got Danny Green, you got Marc Gasol, even Kyle and Serge, Fred Van Fleet, those guys have been in these playoff runs the past couple years. They know that seeding doesn't matter. And I got to say, my guy O says it all the time. Like, it's about the playoffs. And so if we're trying to make the finals, we got to see you anyways, right? So it, it doesn't really matter. But something I wanted to do earlier, Webby, which, you know, we can go through now because I find I found this part super interesting and this might be the thing to kind of calm down Raptor fans. Ha. But if I were just to just ask you something, okay. ask you a question, Webby, what would you think, how many times would you say that the top seeds in each conference have made the NBA Finals in the past, let's say, eight years, nine years? So for, so 
eight, nine years from both conferences, how many times has the number one top seed, number one seed made the NBA Finals? It's tough because a lot of those Cleveland teams weren't weren't necessarily first first overall. Now, in the West, I would say that that happens a little more often, right? Uh, Let's let's check it out. Hold on. Let's let's check it out. We have through the magic of the interwebs. (laughs) We got the interwebs? We we can check this out. So if we go to last season, 2017-2018, we obviously know it was the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, right? Cleveland Cavaliers were not a number one seed. Cleveland Cavaliers were the four seed. The Raptors were the number one seed. And if you go out west, the Houston Rockets were the number one Uh, seed. The Golden State Warriors were number two. Let's go back a year prior to that. Let's go to 2016-2017. How does that sound? Okay. Okay. So we know again that it was... The Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors, right? Right, right. Cleveland Cavaliers in that season were the number two seed. Yeah, they were. Boston Celtics were the number Number one one. seed. If you go to the West, Golden State was the first place team. Yes. Okay. So still, we haven't had yet the top two teams in each conference making it, right? Right. But we do get it in the 2015-2016 seed. Cavs were number one seed. Golden State was number one seed. Yeah. We got that showdown. So there's one. Okay. 2014-2015. So we're if we talking... go back to that NBA Finals, it was Golden State against the Cavs again. We know that. Yeah. But who was the number one seed in the West? It was Golden State. In the East, it the number one seed was your Atlanta Hawks. There you go. That's the 60-win <laughs> season. That's a 60-win season. So let's keep going. Right now we're in 2013-2014. That's where we're at right now. Okay? So Heat Spurs? This is Heat Spurs NBA Finals. Spurs won. Okay? The Spurs won the NBA Finals that year. Right. Okay? The Heat the were West... the number one seed, weren't they? Oh. Oh, well, Mr. Andrew Webster. The Heat Wasn't were that the... the number two seed. Wasn't that the, the year that they seed... had the... Long or did they have the long winning streak when they won? Well, here we are. The Miami Heat were the number two seed in that season. The number one seed were your Indiana Pacers. Ugh. And if you go to the West, well, the Spurs were the number one seed that year. Yeah. So yeah. still, we have one season in which the top two seeds in each conference have made the NBA Finals, right? Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're at 2012, so 2013. This is the first Spurs Heat. Yes. So this is Miami beating the Spurs in seven games in this NBA Finals. Okay. If you go to who was the number one seed in the East, well, it was your Miami Heat. Yeah, because that's when they had. Yeah. Yes. 66 and 16, they finished that season, right? Yeah. But if you go to the Western Conference, the number one team, Oklahoma City Thunder. No, they weren't a number one seed. (laughs) Right. So. Still, we only have one season in which the top two seeds in each conference have made it. Let's keep going. Why not? 2011-2012, right? In that NBA Finals, you had the Miami Heat beating the Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA Finals. Who were the, who was the number one seed in the Eastern Conference that year, Mr. Andrew Webster? The Chicago Bulls. Bulls who was a top team in the Western Conference? Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. So neither of the top teams made it the NBA Finals that year. Let's go back one more year. Why, why not, right? Okay. We're here. 2010-2011, that NBA Finals, Heat, Dallas Mavericks Dallas. beating the Miami Heat. Yeah. Okay. 
that year, the number one seed in the in the Eastern Conference, Chicago Bulls, yeah. right? The Miami Heat were mm. two seed in that that year. Number one seed in the Western Conference, the San Antonio Spurs. In fact, if you take a look at the standings in the West that year, you had the Dallas Mavericks as a three seed making it to the NBA Finals. So the whole point in going through this whole process was to show how old I am. Well, to go back to the 2010-2011 season, just once have the top two seeds in each conference played each other in the NBA Finals. So what does that tell you? It tells me seeding doesn't matter. No, no, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter. If you're a legit team with NBA Finals aspirations, if, hey, we're going to make the finals, we got to see anybody anyway. So if we're one, two, three, whatever, we're not worried about second round matchups. We're not worried about any of that stuff. And I think the Raptors are in a position to be comfortable. And I'm not saying overconfident or anything like that, but they're not going to be afraid of being in a game seven in Milwaukee. No. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. I think the Raptors' offense has just looked really good as of late. There's some crazy stats heading into this game against the Knicks, which I would assume these stats wouldn't go down. But Danny Greed has been shooting, what, like leading the NBA, shooting almost 53% from three since February 9th. Like, the ball movement with Gasol in the lineup. How have you... How, have you come around on Marc Gasol in the starting lineup? I know that you were you were a fan of it. But as it's gone on, we've seen more games. He's kind of been the starter now. What do you think of how the starting lineup looks? It had to happen, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that eventually was going to be where this team would end up going into the playoffs, right, with Marcus Hall as your starting center. Now, um, it's funny because we talked about this a couple weeks ago about his numbers being down. But, man, like when he's playing with a talented group like that, uh, what he does – with the ball and getting everybody involved is so fun to watch. It is. And and he does so much. He does so much that doesn't, and I know it's so cliche that doesn't show up in the stat line, but like to be as versatile as he is, uh, and a dynamic offensive player, it's really what the Raptors have been missing. It's funny. You bring up the stat line too, right? Because the dynamic going on amongst Raptors fans for the past couple weeks has been, JV's putting up 25 and 12. Gasol's numbers aren't even close to that. Did we give up on JV? And I'm stunned seeing that. Like, people don't understand the difference between, you know, getting the most shots on the Memphis Grizzlies and playing on a team that has Kawhi Leonard and Pascal just doing crazy work. Yeah. But also, are the people in Memphis, are the people in Memphis who do the same kind of podcast that we do and you do with the Raptors going, Boy, you know, uh, uh, I can't believe, like, you know, does playoff seeding matter in the Western Conference? No, because the, <laughs> the Grizzlies aren't in the playoffs. Like, they have nothing to play for. Mike Conley's not even playing, right? Like, of course, exactly. JV's going to put up numbers. There's nobody playing. Now, good on Memphis for actually playing him in the fourth quarter because that's yep. something that the Raptors kind of refused to do. I don't think that was <laughs> JV's fault a lot of the time. Totally he is a good. True. He is a good player, but like you said, yeah, you're not playing for playoff spot. Like Marcus Hall can really have an impact on a playoff series. We've seen JV also have impact on a playoff series, but I think that Gasol can do a little more. No, I totally agree with that, and it's funny just because, as you said, scoring and rebounding those are the stats we're familiar with. They're easy to see on a stat sheet. It stands out to you. 
the extra passes, the fact that the Raptors' passing numbers are up per game, their points off assists are up per game, they've led the NBA in three-point shooting since the trade. All of those things are all ball movement that can be traced to the fact that Marcus Gasol moves the ball. You hear even all Ra Raptors players, you hear uh, Nick Nurse discuss the fact that the ball movement, he just makes it better. They feel like they can run the offense through Gasol because they know if they pass him the ball and they cut, there's a pretty good chance they're going to get the ball. So this Raptors team, it's like, as you said, Raptors fans, we're not used to this situation of the team being this good. And we focus on the weird things instead of like the depth of the organization that you could have, hey, Raptors are about to be 12 and 1 when Fred Van Fleet starts. They're about to be 20 when sorry, when Fred gets a start, they're about to be 12 and 1 after this Knicks game, right? Also after this Knicks game, when Fred and Kyle start, they're about to be 21 and 5 this season. That's crazy depth. And so all these things, you have a great record when Kawhi Leonard you've seen what Siakam's do to fill that void like it's just crazy to see the organizational depth and Raptors fans not being able to react to being good to being really good and, and it's just the way that the puzzle pieces are are fitting together uh it's like you say yeah we've seen this team be successful before but it's never really come together like this and worked as seamlessly as getting Danny Green Marcus Gasol and Kawhi Leonard involved and uh, you know they're, it, they're built for the playoffs, It's a combination man. of what we say all the time, quoting your man's Meek Mill, right? There's levels to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, bro, here's the thing. It's like, oh, my God, this Tennessee-Purdue game is insane. Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's allowed. It, it's the madness, oh my God. It's the madness. Yo, just three-pointer to tie it with 30 seconds to go. Wow. Um, but here's the thing. Yes, all those pieces are seeming to fit together. But you know what? They could run into Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, like on a bad day, and he could just ruin the Raptors. Like They've been ruined by LeBron. Or the Philadelphia 76ers, like this lineup that's worth – they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Like Who's to say they couldn't win a seven-game series against Toronto? Even Indiana or Boston, you catch them on the right night, and they can end your playoff lives. It can just yeah. happen, right? Like, I'm so excited for this second round. I want all, like, I, no upsets in the first round of the NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference because we need to see the second round go down because no, it's I got totally potential to that. be must-see TV every night. Like, yeah, the Raptors are looking good. They're peaking. No. I don't know if they're peaking at the right time because they're obviously they've hit a couple of stumbles, but they're looking to get their uh, pieces organized before they get in the playoffs. But I want every team that's one through five to do that because this is a chance to be really special postseason, especially in yeah. the Eastern Conference. No, totally. It's it's a thing too where you look at the Toronto Raptors roster and you look at as you mentioned the Sixers roster. There are legit like building blocks in terms of franchises on both of those teams. You know what I mean? Like when you're talking about your Sixers roster of Ben Simmons, Embiid, uh, uh, Jimmy Buckets, and Tobias Harris, like those are four legitimate guys that are all-star caliber. You look at the Raptors and obviously Gasol's a former all-star. He might not be at that same level, but he's still a really good player. Then you add in Kawhi and you add in Kyle Lowry, who's an all-star. Siakam's glow up, we discuss all the time. The high-level talent if we get that matchup, like that's going to be incredible. 
I mean, absolutely and, incredible. And this is another narrative we've been talking about all season. It's like, what does the Eastern Conference look like without LeBron James? Yeah, and it looks pretty good. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> the, the, there hasn't been a talent vacuum. It's it's almost been the best conference it's been in years yeah. since those. I'm, but, I mean, even in those days, like, it's funny you brought up Chicago being those number one seeds when Miami was just starting to put that Heat team together. Mm-hmm. But, but like, a lot of times it was top-heavy. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but Indiana had an amazing regular season, but there's always LeBron. Or, you know, X, Y, Z, but there was always LeBron. But now that talent is spread out between the top five seeds in the conference. But also, too, think of those teams, right? It was Paul George, Lance, and... Uh, Roy Hibbard, like the top tier talent on that team, the highest level, it's not the same as the teams we're talking about now. No, you're right. I didn't even mention the Sixers, right? Or not the Sixers, the Celtics. Yeah. I didn't even mention the Celtics, right? So it'll be a lot of fun come playoff time. But the other thing is what's going on at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. Because that is a crazy run right now. And obviously, as we're recording this podcast, there are games going on. So obviously, things can shuffle around. But basically, as at this moment, you got the Brooklyn Nets are in sixth. The Pistons are a half game back in seventh. Then you have the Orlando Magic, a full game back in eighth. And then a half game out of the playoffs, meaning in ninth place, you have the Miami Heat. And a game and a half out, you have the Hornets. That is a that's going to come right down to the wire, and all of those teams scrapping to the end. Not that, not that the top tier teams should be worried, but it's crazy because all those teams are so different. The yeah. style of play between the Brooklyn Nets and how they shoot threes compared to you know how the grinded out way that the Miami Heat would play compared to. Uh, Brooke, Lo- Brooke Lopez. Not not um, not afraid of it. Not, no, not afraid of it. I was going to say uh, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Like, I'm just saying it's completely different styles of play. But yeah. I'll ask you, who would you, which team would you rather play of those teams? Like, not, like, which team, if we go Brooklyn, Pistons, Magic, Heat, Hornets, which of those teams would be more likely to pull off an upset? Not that they would, but which team would have the best opportunity? It depends who they play. Ah, it's all matchup. I, it really is. I think that Detroit would have a maybe a, a semi legit shot of shocking the Raptors. Um, okay. I would think that I disagree, but okay. I but I, but really, I don't think that any of those teams stand much of a chance against any of the top because it would be the top first three seeds. Uh, yes. As a Raptor fan, I don't think like like you just said, you're not scared of the Pistons. No, you're not scared of the Nets. And you're not scared of the Heat or the Hornets or the Magic. Uh, as a Sixers yeah. fan, like, bring on the Pistons. Like, we've talked about Joel Embiid having free real estate in Drummond's head. Like, <laughs> that, that, that series is dusted. Like, don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. Like, the, the top three seeds in the conference, Milwaukee, Toronto, and Philadelphia, they're, they're going to handle business in the first round. So as a viewer, someone who's just an NBA fan watching – who is it that you want to see in the playoffs of those teams? Like, would you rather see Miami get in, Orlando get in, or it doesn't really Miami. matter? Cause Miami. Miami. You want to see Miami. Because of Wade. Yes. Because I, 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 I want Wade to hit a game winner and then jump up on the scorer's table and say, this is my house. <laughs> One last time. Oh, did he foul him? 
Did he foul him? My TV's ahead of yours, and I was so quiet. I saw it happen, and my TV's ahead of yours. Just for people that'll be listening to this later on, we're recording this as this Purdue-Tennessee game is happening. (laughs) And I could tell that my TV was ahead of yours. I'm on – I'm straight – oh, Surrender Cobras. Uh, I'm on Uh, on Reddit, so don't tell me if this kid misses any of these. No, I didn't say – hold on. I'm not saying anything. I'm having a discussion. (laughs) This is incredible. Just for the people listening right now, trying to figure out what Webby's yelling at, he's yelling at the fact that Tennessee was up to, for some reason, they foul a Purdue player as he's shooting three, as he's shooting a three late in the game. My guy then goes to the free throw line. Yo, young steps. Young (laughs) steps. This game's going to go to overtime. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. But. Let's get back oh to my, a little okay. bit of I'm NBA sorry. here for a sec. No, no, no. That's so. Hey, it's a madness of March. Oh People understand. He People missed understand. the first one. What that's a clown! Just terrible. He's a hey, college kids man. Free throws. It's, a, it's a theme. It's Practice a theme. Uh, but back to the okay. NBA for a second. So we talked about the bottom teams. Obviously, we'd love to see. I want to see Kemba or D Wade in. I'd rather see both of those guys in over the Orlando Magic. Yes, get the Orlando Magic the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, that's just me. But the other thing going on in the Eastern Conference right now is the continued, I don't even know what to call it, the continued drama going on in Boston. You have, you know, we thought a couple weeks ago things might have been solved when they had their uh, plane ride. They had their West Coast trip and everyone tried to say everything was fine. (laughs) They had a couple of big wins. It's one of my favorite. And then all of a sudden, you know, they lose a game. They blow what? What was it? I think like an 18-point lead or something to the Hornets. And Kyrie's coming out post-game saying we should have probably trapped him, as in Kemba Walker, a little bit more like every other team does in the league. But we didn't. He torches us every time we play him. <laughs> so it's no surprise. Close quote. Like that's a direct shots fired at Brad Stevens, right? Yo, he's had direct shots, not just at Brad Stevens, but at, at Tatum as well. About the, well, you know, we're settling for long twos and maybe some yeah. guys were, yo, it's, it's insane. But here's my thing, and I'm starting to come around on this. I think Kyrie might be right. I, well, I don't, d- Sheldon, let me ask you a question. Okay. How good is Jason Tatum? I think it's a messed up situation, man. How good is a player is Jason Tatum? I think we don't know. I don't think we know because the way that, you know, everything changed in the matter of a year. Last year, he could take whatever shot he wanted. And then now you have Kyrie, who's so ball dominant. So and do you think his regression seeing, is Kyrie's fault, though? I think Kyrie plays a huge factor in it. Even just, okay, first off, Kyrie just talks too much. He needs to stop sending these messages to people in the in the media. Because I love first it. Off, I love it. First it's off. so good. To talk about how we should have trapped Kemba Walker more, he torches us every time we play him. It's no surprise. Like uh, you, <laughs> last time I checked, Kemba's a point guard. No, Kyrie's a point guard. Hold on, don't you guard him? Here's the, don't here's you my play other a thing. major role in him torching your team? Here's my other thing that I love about this: every time we play them, okay, Kyrie was injured for half the year last year, and he's played <laughs> basically one regular season for the Celtics. How many times has he played? How many times has he played Kemba Walker in the Hornets as a member of the Celtics? What, three? 
on the high side? Like, <laughs> they... It's just ridiculous to me. Like, Kyrie needs to just stop. It's too much. All the time, it's just constant bickering. It's constant just shifting blame and not enough accountability to me. You never hear enough accountability coming from Kyrie himself saying like, oh, well, you know, I didn't do this or I could have done that. It's always just shifting the blame somewhere else other than saying, well, that's the other team's point guard. I play point guard. Maybe I could have played better defense on Kemba Walker and guarded my position. I, How about listen, that? Hey, I agree. But you know what? Uh, is it still wrong if you're right? <laughs> is it still wrong oh, if you're right? Man. You know what, man? I think it's just too much of, as a, as a youngin', let's say, I grew up under the Mamba mentality, man. And so I'll never forget reading that Phil Jackson. Hold on a second. Mamba mentality. He would have thrown his – he's been throwing his players under the bus since Shaq left. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Follow me for a second. I'll never forget there's a story in Phil Jackson's book, uh, The Last Season. And he tells a story of that because it's that – that's the year the Lakers lost in the finals to the Pistons. Right. right? And – feel like the first couple games Chauncey Billups was killing the Lakers and they had a meeting they had a team meeting to kind of discuss like what was going on and Kobe jumped up to say let me guard Chauncey and so Phil was like no 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 we need you to guard Rip and Kobe's like I've been killing that guy since we were in high school not even worried about him whatever but Reason why I say Mamba mentality, because Kobe <laughs> wanted the smoke. Yeah, how did that turn smoke. out? Well, it wasn't Kobe's fault. <laughs> they, they lost in, what, five? It was Gary Payton's fault. And the point uh, that Gary Phil Payton's Jackson was fault. making. Get out of here. Yo, the point Phil Jackson was making was they knew the series was over then, because Gary Payton, when Kobe said, hey, let me guard him, Gary Payton didn't say, no, 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 it's okay. I got him. And that's when Phil Jackson says he and Kobe knew the series was over. They weren't going to win. I, was, I thought that was just incredible. But my point of the mama and mentality is we just saw it this week. Kobe on uh, James Corden where they're asking him to rank the – did you see this clip? No. It's one of those bits, you know, where they have the like we'll, we ask you a question and if you don't answer the question, you have to eat like some random okay, yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah. food. So I think it was like a cow tongue they had. <laughs> And it was Kobe against Cara Delevingne. I think that's who it was on the on the <laughs> stage with them. What man, are you watching? It's James Corden, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You can't hold on, Webby. You know there's no shame in my game. I watch a lot of ridiculous that's TV. Right. No shame in my game. <laughs> no shame. But James okay. Corden. Come on, man. You can't knock me for watching James Corden. And the clip came across my Instagram feed. I, no problem. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> What, you don't like carpool karaoke? <laughs> yeah, but that's about all I watch, you know? I'm joking. Although I'm I, joking, I'm I, joking. Do like the, uh, I, I, I do like the format of um, of just having the guests on the couch and not, like, asking them questions. Yeah. No, so no, I'll no, give I, Corden that. No, it, it, they have really good bits. And so this was one of the bits where they ask Kobe a question and either he, you have to answer it or you have to eat something. And I think it was a cow tongue. That's what it was that Kobe had to eat if he didn't want to answer the question. And the question was, can you rank these three players in order from best to worst? And it was Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> right? 
So Kobe at first, he's like looking at the cow tongue. He's like, oh man, like I already know what's going to happen here. Like, I don't want to do this. And he just says, you know what? Screw it. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, then LeBron James. (laughs) And it's like, yes, that's the Kobe that we know. The mama mentality. Kyrie just talking about it. He's not, he's not really being about it. And Kobe really believes that. Kyrie's like, oh, it's our coach's fault that we can't stop Kemba Walker. Like, Kemba's not Kobe. Kemba's not Steph. Like, that should be a matchup that you should want to thrive <laughs> under and, like, hold down no. yourself if you're Kyrie, no? No, he just can't play defense, man. That's it. I will firmly always believe defense is effort. Like, you can't be that quick on offense and then all of a sudden on the defensive end you're like, oh, I'm too slow. Yeah, and we, never we, saw, we, we, we saw James Harden adapt his game too, take his defensive liability, and now he's actually a decent defender. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's very fair. But the Celtics, is it? are you worried about the Celtics? Should they be worried heading playoff time? You know what? I think that some teams out there need a little adversity, need some of these things in the in the newspaper headlines to galvanize them before the playoffs start. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I know that people are saying that that 4-5, like they're ripe to get upset by it. Well, I don't even think it would be an upset, right? I think Indiana's a four seed. But Indiana I think, is a four seed, yeah. So I think that people are uh, thinking that Indiana beating them would be, but I, I would take the Celtics in that series. I agree with you. I would also take the Celtics in that series, and I honestly think that if I'm the Celtics, I'd rather play the Milwaukee Bucks than playing the Raptors or the Sixers in that next round. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, hundred percent. So this could be a thing, and we just went through it. This could be a thing where the yeah. seeding actually works in the favor of the Celtics. Right? If we just spent so much time talking about how seeding doesn't matter if you have championship caliber players and championship aspirations. Talking about a Celtics core that without Kyrie made it to the conference finals last year. Kyrie, we know his playoff resume already. It's just a matter of can they put it all together in time this season. I don't know, man. I think there's too much infighting. There's too much bickering. Well, it it depends. Like, these things... As we know, with the Chicago Bulls, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, sunshine and lollipops for you to have a championship team. Uh, Sometimes some internal struggle is good, gets the juices flowing, and I don't think that that's going to ultimately be the downfall of the Celtics in the playoffs. I think that's going to be the downfall of the Celtics in the playoffs is that nobody can hit a three-pointer on their team. (laughs) I mean, outside of Kyrie, but even Kyrie is kind of shying away from taking them. And and Jason Tatum won't take a three-pointer, and he won't drive to the bucket. And this is why I'm wondering, how good is Jason Tatum? It's a weird situation, man. And my one hesitation with the Celtics is that, is Kyrie Irving, if he's the best player on your team, does he do enough? Like, is he good enough himself to beat another team? Right, because if you're going against the Bucks, Kyrie's not the best person in that series. If you're going against the Raptors, Kyrie's not the best person in that series. I don't Do you think know what it, I mean? I, in any of the second round matchups that he would have, he wouldn't be the best player on the team or Agreed. on the court. So if he's not that good as a singular option, does he do enough to make the other guys better? And that's where I think the Celtics will ultimately run into trouble. But we've been talking about this since the start of the year. Yeah. Right? So it'll be, as you said, though, no matter how this plays out, it's going to be incredible if we get those second-round matchups in the East, right? Oh, we need it. (laughs) 
we need it. Uh, but sticking with the East, we kind of talked about Giannis a little bit there in the Bucks, but there's been big talk because obviously this week there's a big time showdown between the MVP candidates. What was it? Tuesday night? Uh, had the, yeah, I had Tuesday to turn it, night, I yeah. had to turn it off because it was players only. <laughs> it was so bad. Players only is just <laughs> I can't I can't take it. I can't take it, man. You and Bill Simmons have to be like I, the worst like the biggest critics of players only and it's it's fine like I understand it it's, it's not killing bad. me it's killing me but it's I'll tell you what bad. you know what players only has given us and she's doing a great job in the March Madness is Candace Parker is a like a star she's really good she's, she's a star really totally agree with that she's really really good and I think it's that good. I first like started noticing her on players only yeah, and she would do some – she was doing, like, NBA TV stuff for a while. Like, she'd be on, like, their late-night show, like, their game-time show a lot. And so she's been, like, creeping up the ranks there, right, at NBA TV. So yeah. it's pretty good to see that she's doing a really good job. And it's crazy, too, because if you follow, like, deep, deep NBA heads will know, like, she was a serious yeah. basketball player, right? 100%. Like, her resume is legit, legit, legit. I still so, think that she's the best – Parker? Female basketball player. Oh, because Raptors fans will remember her brother, Anthony Parker. Anthony Parker I, I would, on the Raptors. Well, I they say, too. Say well, no, no, no. Listen, they said that Cheryl was always better than Reggie Miller. True. Very true. Yes. I do remember that from the uh, Reggie Miller versus Nick stock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When she's that. like, oh, yeah, I scored 137. <laughs> that was a, one of the great stories. Uh, people that don't, if you don't remember, that was like their as their kids and Reggie's dad picks them up. And what did he have? Like thirty? He had like yeah, thirty or thirty-five. Nice. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, I dropped thirty. And then Cheryl's like all quiet in the back, and he's just like, Cheryl, what's up? Like, how much did you score? It was like ninety-two or something. <laughs> yeah, like <that>. some ridiculous <laughs> number. Incredible, but uh. Big matchup again between the two MVP candidates. I'd assume that those two would be at the top of everyone's yeah. MVP conversation, I think, James and, Harden and Giannis. And we put the jinx on uh, Paul, Paul George, poor Paul George there, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I, he, he was like ascending. It looked like if he kept up the, the kind of stretch he was going with at the beginning of the year, like he'd just put his name right up there. But um, and even as an Embiid fan, I think that what he's done in the last like couple of months since coming back from that uh, knee thing after the All Star game, he's yeah. been incredible. But it, it's clearly a two horse race. So the funny thing was how the night started, where you had PJ Tucker walking in, right? PJ Tucker walks yeah. into the arena beside. I saw this. <laughs> you saw this yeah. photo. Shouts to I guess it's our our little mini. Uh, what did we used to call this segment? We used to call it something. What was it? Our web segment. I don't even remember what it was. Oh. That's how fried my brain is right now. I don't even remember simple, basic things about podcasts. Oh, my podcasts God. What was it? <laughs> but um, so PJ Tucker walks in, and he has a shirt that says, I'm with the MVP, and it's an arrow pointing beside him where James Harden is walking in. <laughs> and now after the Bucks just laid the smackdown on the Houston Rockets, and Giannis finished with 19, 14, and 4 in a cool 33 minutes. But the Bucks' Twitter account, Troll Game Super Strong, they cropped out PJ Tucker from the photo pregame and put him in a photo with Giannis. 
<laughs> which was just a high level of trolling by the Bucks Twitter account. Like that's why the NBA is the best, right? But do you think they are right? Is Giannis the MVP this season, Mr. Andrew Webster? Oh, it's so tough. See, to me, it isn't though. It, is it? it isn't. Is it Giannis? But I think it's Giannis because bro, but Harden. Most often than not, we always go to the team with the best record, the best player on the team with the best record. That's normally the debate. That's normally the starting point for the debate each and every year. This season, the Bucks are the best team in the league, and Giannis is by far the best player but, on that team. But bro, it's not if even you a situation talk- where it was Dirk that year, where it's like, oh well, how do we rank Dirk in comparison to everyone else in the league at the time? You know, and people were kind of hesitating. Giannis is legit one of the top three dudes in the league, four or five dudes in the league. Like, it's not that far-fetched. To me, it's not It's not difficult at all. Bro, you want to talk about Mamba mentality. <laughs> James Harden could break Kobe Bryant's points-in-the-season record. Don't get me wrong. What James Harden has done this year is incredible. What he means to that team is incredible. He, especially with the injuries that they suffered, the way that he not only kept them afloat, but actually had them rise in the Western Conference is incredible. What he means to that team is everything, for sure. But Giannis is the same, if not more, to his team, and his team has a better record. So In a worse conference. In a conference without the Golden State Warriors. Is it a worse conference? In a conference without the Golden State Warriors. Fair, but one might argue that after the Golden State Warriors, the next best teams in the NBA are the teams at the top of the East. I would say. Oh. Uh, I honestly hold even... on. The, the Denver Nuggets are better than who in the East? They're not better than Milwaukee. <sighs> They're not better than the Raptors. They're not better than the Sixers. You would take the Nuggets over any of those teams in the East? No. Ah, no. You're thinking, you're thinking. Right? And, and But what I take the I would take the Rockets over some of those teams in the East. Which ones? Really? Yeah, oh. I would yeah, I would oh. think that the Rockets Raptors is a pretty good matchup and the Rock, Ra- Rockets and the Sixers is a pretty good matchup too. Pretty good matchup, but I I'd roll I'd honestly roll with the Sixers over the Rockets and I'd roll with the Raptors over the Rockets as well. That's just That's me. A tough one. It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. But, hey, these are the tough decisions. Winning MVP isn't supposed to be easy, right? So and here's I'm, I'm going with Giannis. So I think Giannis will. I still might give it to Harden. Okay. But I think that Giannis will win it because of, like, the cult of the new. Because I think that uh, Harden is already, like, winning last year. Um, yeah. it would, he would need to do and he's done incredible things all this season, like things that he should be rewarded for with MVPs. If it was any other year that there wasn't a guy like, you know, Giannis in the league. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to repeat back do you to think back. That, do you think that Harden's historic run that he was on kind of came too early in the season? Like, and I know that it's still this kind of like, sounds dumb, but I feel like if it was in our, if it was still like at the forefront of our memories in this era where, you know, new cycle changes every single day, 
there's new things at the front of our minds every day, new things at our Twitter feeds. Like his 30 point game streak at the time was insane. And if it was going on right now towards the end of the season, would we all be sitting here like, oh, Harden's MVP, Harden's MVP, just because it's fresh? It's just, for me, the Giannis thing is that I guess it's so, and it's almost like, yeah, this is why you should win, but it's almost like it's so consistent every single game that he's just dominating. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, he's not necessarily playing a lot of minutes either, too, right? Like, are you are you wondering if it's like system? Like the system has just been no perfect fit for him type thing or no? No, just the consistency for me, like just day in day out. Okay. I don't know. I would still give it to Harden. I mean, just looking at. Okay. I'm 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 looking at like as cursory as it is, just per game numbers. Yeah, yeah. No, his scoring average is crazy. Thirty six point two. And I think I'm pretty sure I saw the stat that that it's the widest margin between the top two scorers in NBA history. I'm pretty sure. No, I hope I'm not wrong with that, but I'm pretty sure that it's at least one of the largest margins in between yeah, it's like 10 the top points. scorer and the second scorer in a scoring season. You know, in terms of points per game, right? Thirty six point two points per game. You're not going to give that guy the MVP. <laughs> no, I, I trust me, man. You're I not going to give the guy what? What's been the highest, the highest points per game? Give me the last like ten years of points uh, per Kobe. game. It'd be Kobe. Kobe it would be had Kobe. One year, what yeah, did he have? Thirty-five. Some somewhere around there. Remember he had that, uh, and I remember this too because we were both at the score at the yeah. time. And it was that was when he was having those. That's when he was having those point games. Yeah, yeah, he had those stretch. Yeah. Right, and I remember we were breaking into March Madness to be like, "Oh, Kobe scored fifty again." I do. I remember that. Like that was crazy. But you're right, and it's a great conversation. I guess this is one of those things where we got to throw it to the fan base, the listeners. Let the listeners, you know, decide or give us their take. Who do you guys think is you know what, the man? MVP? I, I gotta. I, I would give it to Harden, man. I, I'm just okay. looking. I'm looking at that number, and like you said, you brought it up. It's like ten points, almost ten points that he's. Above Paul George. Yeah. Per well, game. It is incredible. I, I can't deny that. I can't deny that it's in, it's incredible, but I feel like what happens sometimes is we try to talk ourselves out of things, right? Like, because there's so much, like, everyone has a Twitter feed. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a show. There's, like, 24-hour news cycle. So there's so many takes thrown at us that we almost overanalyze things. And in its most simplistic form... The Bucks have the best record in the NBA, and Giannis is the best player on the Bucks. And no, I'm I'm nine going times back. Times out of ten, I'm going that's back. Enough to that's enough to win MVP. Nine 80, times out of ten, 86-87, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, thirty-seven-one. <laughs> Harden's not going to get there. No, but he's going to beat Kobe's thirty-five. Yeah. It's incredible. It is an incredible season. But, yes, again, the listeners, let us know what you guys think. Who is the MVP? Solve this listen, debate for us, and we will read some of the comments. You can't give it to the Greek freak. You can't. I don't know, Webby. I'm I'm okay with giving it to Giannis, man. I'm okay giving it to Giannis. I really am. And I like Giannis's attitude, too. I saw an interview with him and Woj where he was. they were asking him, like, how come he's not buddy-buddy with a lot of the other stars in the league. And he's like, no, because I want to be able to beat them. 
Remember the stories came out that he turned down working out with LeBron and KD in the summer? And he was like, no, like, I, I want to beat those guys. Like, I don't want to, you know, lighten up on them or get to know them and start liking them or something. Like, I want to keep maintain that edge where I want to beat them every single time. And I thought that was kind of cool. I, I like that. I like that mentality because it's very counter to everything else going on in 2019. I I give it to her. <laughs> I give but it to her. But as we switch, no, all good, all good. Hey, we'll let the people decide, right? But let's switch from east to west, and the Western Conference playoff picture is crazy. As you mentioned, the Golden State Warriors and the Bucks are the Bucks and the Nuggets. Sorry are in a back-and-forth affair in terms of a half game separating the Warriors, who are currently in first, and the Nuggets, who are currently in second. Portland, who was in third place, suffered a massive blow as Nurkic went down with a gruesome injury. I'm not one to ever watch those things. Like, I've never seen the Paul George injury. The Mm. Kevin Ware one in college, I've never seen that. Like, I don't watch any of those things. Like, I... I saw the Gordon Hayward one just because I was watching it live. Yeah. And it was the first game of the season, like two minutes in or whatever it was, right? But what a huge blow to Portland's playoff playoff hopes. But how do you think that affects the rest of the Western Conference playoff race there, Webby? I don't think it does much. I never, I never bought into Portland. I and okay. I I never do. It's kind of like you book their place in the playoffs in the in the top four every year. But <laughs> I, but I'm just never. I never think that they have the horses to make it past. You know any of these big teams. I think that once again, it's going to come down to the to the Rockets and the Warriors. I agree with you there. I kind of look at Portland and to quote one of our faves, we don't believe you need more people. Yeah. Is that kind of the thing with Portland every year? You're right. They're there. They're in the mix. And it's such a try to talk themselves into it. It's such a shame. It's such a shame because like Lillard is like, like literally a spectacular talent and he Mm -hmm. should be surrounded with players like, you know, they're surrounding Embiid in Philly or like Kawhi in Toronto. But just something about that team just doesn't click right. It's so odd. It's so crazy. But now you have this interesting scenario where the bottom of the Western Conference is crazy. You have from five to eight being separated by what? Two games? And so yeah. the Jazz, the Clippers, who have clinched the playoff spot, huge shouts to the Clippers for pulling that off. First the, off. They're running a business. They're not running a they're not running a gossip magazine. Yeah, no, you brought that up last week, and it's totally right. But the way now that the Western Conference shakes up, are you going to have teams trying to hunt and match up with the Blazers in no. the first round? No, because I still think that they're a team that, like, as much as we, I just said that you know they're 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 not a tough out. They're an out you got to take seriously. Like they're, yeah. you know, you can't. They, they wouldn't be a team that I'd be like, oh, let's attack them just because they lost Nurkic, right? Their best, their best player is still Lillard, and he can still burn you. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's funny, right? Like the Jazz right now are in the the top half of that. Yeah, the conference. Jazz are in fifth right now. It goes Utah at five. Um, Utah at five, but they're tied with the Clippers. Right, and then a game back in seventh is Oklahoma City. Again, who we totally jinxed. We totally yeah. jinxed the Thunder. Bad. The, well, Paul George got hurt. He hurt his shoulder, and he's come back. But 
you see his shoulders wrapped with that tape. Yeah. You also see like he's not a hundred percent for sure, but him and Russ are still trying to grind it out and at least make a run in the playoffs or at least, you know, maintain their playoff seating, which they will, but you gotta avoid that eighth seed. There's a massive difference and I know people might not think this, but there's still a huge difference between playing Golden State and the Nuggets. Yeah. And even the Blazers <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. 100%. Right. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch to see how that all shakes out uh, that's funny. in like, the Western Conference, right? It's so different than the Eastern Conference in terms of where these teams sit and 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 seeding. We spoke about, you know, is seeding important? But, man, you look at the West and you say, especially if you're the Thunder, we need to get our act together with, what, five, six, seven games left so we don't have to play the Warriors. Yeah. Because you're right, it's, playing the Nuggets, playing the Blazers. But then you don't want to do too well because, then again, then you wouldn't want to play the Rockets in the first round. Well, the Warriors are so crazy because who was it? They got blown out recently, and they got blown out at home, and KD was out here saying, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal, which I don't really think that it is a big deal. But they don't not even pretend them. to care. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like That's kind of the funny part of this whole thing. They don't even really pretend to care about losing. Like There's games they just punt. And it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Who was it, the Mavericks game that they were down like 40? Yeah, it was just so ridiculous. But, again, Western Conference playoffs, crazy. A team that will not be in the playoffs, but who continue to find a way to make headlines, whether it's Lonzo and the big baller brand being done, whether it's Lance stepping on guys' feet, crossing over. Causing like a bomb to go off on the bench. That was one of the we love bench reacts. I know you and I both love oh. bench reacts. That was probably best of the year. Oh, undoubtedly. And who was you know, just lying were, down like they were dead? Like I don't was, even know who. I still don't know who that was. That to was be honest, I don't know who that was. Who was just lying on the ground as if they like had been shot from the top row or something <laughs> by a sniper? But lands with the crossover, and the best part about it was. First off, it flooded social media. But then by the time you saw the other angle to see not only the bench erupt, but Lance also like moonwalk and then do his like, I don't even know what you call that dance. (laughs) Shimmy shake, worm kind. I don't know what that was. But the Lakers are a joke, right? Like with that being their, as I, I made the joke earlier, their one shining moment of the season and it comes on Lance not even crossing over Jeff Green, but stepping on his foot <laughs> to make him fall. It's just so Lakers and sums up their season. And I love the way that Jeff Green actually handled it post game. Like he just yeah, laughed yeah. it off, and he's like, "If you, you wanted it, me to right? get crossed over, then we can do that. That's fine." And then, yeah. did you see the dunk that he threw down last night? Oh no, I missed. Oh that. yeah, he got somebody. He got somebody good. <laughs> okay, that's good. Get him. Get him. Yeah, get his, your confidence uh, back up, young man. I was going to say, get his name on the uh, old Instagram algorithm to be something more positive <laughs> That's than right. being a victim of Lance Stevenson. <laughs> right? Oh, hey. man. That was so funny. But the reason I want to talk about the Lakers is not only are they missing the playoffs, but they continue to just, you mentioned being all up in the headlines. And I want to know if people are paying attention to what's been going on on the low here. We had an Instagram post that was made by a LeBron's doctor right who it was posted and then deleted but essentially it said and i'm i'm paraphrasing but bill hater from train wreck no (laughs) 
Bill Hader. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah the what guy from Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Train is that what it was called? Yeah. The Amy Schumer movie. Yeah, that was good. Um, it was. I mean, good as a as a. It I was mean, for okay. what it was. It was good. Fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But no, it wasn't Bill Hader. Um, it was LeBron's actual like doctor, and the the. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially the Instagram post said uh, it was about how great of a pleasure it is to work with LeBron, but also how hard he works and the injury should have kept him out for six months, but instead he wanted to come back for the team. So it was only six weeks and then the post was up and obviously social media did what social media does in terms of slander LeBron and <laughs> turn it into just a making meme. excuses. Slander LeBron. Get like the... The internet no, 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 loves no. I'm LeBron. I'm not saying it's not rightfully. I'm not saying it, the slander is undeserved. Like that's obviously just making an an excuse for what happened to the Lakers season, right? Like I'm pretty sure we can all see that being the thing, and that's why the post got deleted after, right? Like I'm not defending LeBron in this instance. Like that's a terrible move. That's like when my guy came out with the hand brace at the end of the yeah, finals yeah, last year, yeah. right? <laughs> like he's trying to create the narrative, or someone on his team is trying to create the narrative, anyways. But what do you make of the gong show that the Lakers are? And there's no way, like, how would you handle that situation? You take the post down? Would you have done that too? Or gotten the doctor to take it down? Or you're just like, whatever, man. Well, because he was talking about the groin, was he? The groin injury. It was a, it was a female. I'm sure that the, the, the doctor did it probably after. Well, I, don't, I don't even think it, it might have been anybody in LeBron's team or LeBron himself that was like, hey, can you take that down? It was probably like maybe a colleague or something that said, hey, man, you're. Like, it's. Like, you don't think they. Do you think they put it up on purpose or it's just a no, coincidence? No. And they're like, okay, this is a bad look. You got to take that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more what it is. I. I like, it, man, it is. It's a very confusing situation there in L.A. Like, Well, the next thing I was going to get oh. to is if you're paying attention to the Jason Kidd stuff. Oh, so my Steven God. It, so, no, no, no. Well, hold on. The, the, I saw that, the Jason Kidd stuff, but did you see the Ty Lu stuff? Well, the first thing was Stephen A. Smith went on the air and talked about how his sources tell him, and we obviously know that he's tight with magic, but his sources tell him that the Jason Kidd rumors are untrue couple hours later magically jason kidd just happens to be on the jump hosted by rachel nichols <laughs> who's known to have a bit of a relationship with lebron james and mav carter and clutch sports rich paul sorry and clutch sports and by relationship i mean they do a lot of work together lebron does a bunch of interviews right. with rachel i think she's on record as saying like she's done an interview with lebron every single year of his career since high school since he was in high school. That's so crazy. there's a narrative out there where people think that LeBron and Rich Paul, they send out narratives through Rachel Nichols into the media. Huh. So to have Jason Kidd magically be on her show and they blatantly ask him about the Lakers job while he's on the show, while Luke Walton, like Luke Walton's not fired. He's still there. And they're blatantly asking Jason Kidd if he'd be interested in coaching LeBron. Like it's just such a weird situation that could only be happening with LeBron James and the Lakers, right? Here, like, it's just such a gong show. You know what's not going to fix the problems in L.A.? <laughs> Jason Kidd. <laughs> no, I, I was I was reading, too, that t apparently Ty Lue 
Uh, there were rumors circulating so bad that he had to reach out to Luke Walton and say that uh, I've got no interest in taking your job, which then oh, wow. which then screamed to me, "Oh my God, the Lakers are going to hire Tyron Lue." <laughs> There's all kinds of rumors swirling. There's rumors swirling about how maybe Magic might step down. Like, there's all kinds of stuff going on in Lakerland. We didn't even, like, we touched on the Lonzo Ball stuff. I mean, it's just a weird situation there as well. Uh, It's sad, yeah. It's just such a crazy situation. Who could have pictured that this season would have went that poorly for LeBron and the Lakers? But yet, here we are. And Jason Kidd, I don't know who thinks Jason Kidd would be a good coach with the Lakers. But I I think think it's more just about managing LeBron, right? I think he's already kind of proven what kind of coach he is. No, but Giannis, Giannis really did like Jason Kidd. Great. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, then you can have him as a, as a pen pal because he could be the best guy, but he was a bad NBA coach. That's but here's my, here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Do you think what's happened, and I know this is like the cliche question going on every NBA podcast last week, okay. w- with what's happened in the last – three months with the Lakers and LeBron not making the playoffs. Does this affect his legacy at all to you? Not really. I think he's cemented already as being a top guaranteed top five player of all time. Like I think his, his legacy because of all the other things that he's done for the game to affect the game that aren't necessarily things that involve being on the court. Like, the impact will leave so much more that it'll lessen the blow. Like, because even if you think about LeBron's championships, right? We thought in the moment that him going to Miami, joining up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, would lessen the shine, let's say, of those championships. But as the years have gone gone by, we don't really think about that, right? No. We don't and, take away anything from those championships. And to be, and to be honest... When they were happening, it wasn't like he was getting those championships because of all the help that he was getting. Like I thought the pieces like Bosch and Wade do play really well into what LeBron can do, especially at that age. But, man, those are his championships. He was sure. by far the best player in the league at the, like for those years. But the people who also are the LeBron detractors – they will talk about the championship against Golden State, and they'll say, oh, well, Draymond got suspended, and Steph wasn't healthy, Steph wasn't 100%, and those, that was a narrative that you had some naysayers saying at the time, but again, as the years have passed, we don't really talk about that much either at all, right? We're just like, yeah, LeBron took down like one of the greatest teams of all time. 3-1 and lead. came back from 3-1 lead and brought the championship back to Cleveland, and so I think his legacy is still there. And the further and further away we move from it, the same way that we talk about Michael Jordan, there's going to be another generation when they're talking about, I don't know, whoever's next, whether it's Katie or Steph. I don't know what the next or Zion. Is. I don't know. Zion, sure. Right. They're going to be having this same conversation. There's a generation that's going to be talking about how crazy it is to put blank over LeBron, because there's a generation now that thinks the Kobe versus LeBron conversation is completely insane. Whereas I feel like living through it, I don't think that it's insane, right? Like, that's just, that's my opinion. And I'm not saying that I'm totally correct. I'm just saying I don't think the debate is as crazy or insane as most people would probably lead you to believe. That's so surprising then that you don't think Harden's the MVP this year. 
<laughs> I love that you took it back there. That's amazing. I, if you, the, I'm telling you that mama mentality. That's what Harden's been doing all year. Hey, I'm not mad at James Harden. It's just Giannis is a, Giannis is like an alien from another planet. It's disgusting. Like the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the NBA. That's crazy. Oh, I just think that if you were to play the one-on-one, I think Harden lights up Giannis. I will say this too, and I know this is taking away from my own point, but the Bucks Harden are going to have the buckets. No, and, follow and me for listen, a the Rockets are going to get further in the playoffs than the Bucks are. Follow me for a second, and this is taking away from my own point, but again, it kind of goes back to what we're saying. No one is going to remember the details of this season, as in the Bucks are probably going to finish what? three games, four games ahead of the Raptors who sat Kawhi Leonard for like 15 games this yeah. season, right? And the Warriors who just don't care about the regular season at all. So, yes, I know I'm taking away from my own point, but yeah, it's a, it's a great debate. It's an interesting debate, and it just goes to show you how crazy the storylines are in the NBA, that there's been so much to talk about week in, week out, and then that's just going to continue because – if we shift gears to March Madness here, and I want to kind of get just whatever your 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 takes are about Mar- March Madness, if you have a quick take or two, but I assume it has to do with Zion. Yeah. But my I have four I have four takes. Z I O N. Remember when there was a debate about who was going to go first overall? Yo, remember? Hey, have you ever heard of this guy R J Barrett? Like, I mean, he's okay. At the start of the year, I Good was baller, I thought but... RJ was better than Zion, and I would take RJ as the number one pick. I did say that at the start of the year. Yo. I can admit when I'm wrong, but I can also admit, and I think it was Stan Van Gundy that said this. He was just like, regardless of who's actually better, as a GM, it's gotten to the point where you cannot, like your fan base will oh my not God. allow you to pass on Zion. Oh, my God. Right? Like, you just can't pass on Zion Williamson. You can't do it just because of the impact. They fire you immediately. Oh, the impact that he's had to, on college basketball this season. Like, I don't need, there's a bunch of people who don't care or know anything about any other team in the tournament other than Zion. Like, that's it. It's just been such a gong show. Him against Taco was Dude, such an interesting match. Okay, that game, that game <laughs> yeah. when it got tight and it looked like they could lose, mm-hmm. everybody else, uh, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, everybody else on that Duke team shied away. Zion said, give me the ball. He spun off his defender and he took it right at the biggest guy playing basketball right now. It was crazy. and No you know, fear at all. He knew he was going to make that shot. It's a cliche of what happens in winning time, right? That's how you separate good from great. So, But and... that's what I've been so impressed with. I knew the, the House of Hoops, the Instagram, the YouTube, hey, Zion can dunk, all this. Man, I've been so – he wants the ball. I didn't know that he was winner like this. So my question to you is where's the best place for Zion to end up next year in terms of the NBA? Oh, the the Hawks. Oh, how would Trey? How good crazy. would the, and and Collins? Yeah, that would be crazy. That's a nasty team, bro. And then the other one is then you do uh, Morant to the Knicks. Because Morant, hold on. Hold yeah, on. that'd be fun. hold on. That guy is hold on. We got to talk about Morant. The two handed dunk that I'm, you put down on oh, that dude. 
oh my god, that was absolutely like you know what it was. Um, it was the D Rose on. Um, that's a good call. Dragich. The yes, D Rose two hander on Dragich just yeah. cocked it back and yammed it on him. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'd like to see him play in New York because I think that no matter who the Knicks get, like he would be special for that crowd. Now, obviously Zion, yeah, for sure. They'd love him in New York too, but I think the better fit for Zion is with Atlanta. Um, yeah. But again, they, they may not get, they, I mean, they're playing better than the Suns or the Knicks, right? It's down to pretty much the Suns and the Knicks getting the, and the Bulls, I guess, getting the top pick. Yeah, it's basically now Tank City includes the Phoenix Suns. Well, the Knicks are by far the worst. Yeah, the Knicks, Knicks have a three-game lead. Then it's Knicks, Suns, Cavs. Oh, Cavs, Bulls. right, right. <laughs> Ain't I nobody about... trying to go to the Cavs. Oh, God, right? no, they're the ones. Yeah, R.J. Barrett. Welcome oh, to the welcome to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Stop it, man! Don't do that to RJ, Ooh, man. The the legacy of Andrew Wiggins too. Just draft and oh my God, Anthony Bennett. It's like uh, the no, Cleveland. See, that's what I'm saying. We can't have that, man. It's we like the Cleveland that. Cavaliers love drafting Canadians. We can't. I bet you they will not draft RJ Barrett. You don't think if they had the second pick overall, they'd take Morant. I'd, yeah, you take Morant too. Barrett, you right? take Morant too. Anytime. No, but I just think that they would not draft him because he's Canadian. Like that's how dumb they would be. They and, would like, anti- base it on something that dumb. Anti-Canadianism in Cleveland. So, <laughs> I remember hearing David Griffin talk about um, why he was wrong on Anthony Bennett, and one of the things he said that was so weird to think that an NBA GM would have this take, but he said publicly, like in an interview, he said the thing about Anthony Bennett was because he came from Canada, he wasn't used. He was always used to being the best, so he never had to work as hard. Oh, I heard the yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a terrible take because obviously, like, dude had to go to school in the states and <laughs> played college ball. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, but at, U- at UNLV though. I mean, that's a story <laughs> for yeah, that's a that's a story for another day. But it it kind of also works as a segue because you know. Money, <laughs> money <laughs> happened to be a theme at UNLV once upon a time, and that kind of shifts us to our once upon a life. time. Have you been seeing the M- Michael Avenatti stuff with Nike? Oh, true. I think true. he was dropping some UNLV out there with those tweets. True, 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 true. That's true. a program. That's a program that'll always pay its players, though. You want to get paid in college? Go to UNLV, man. Well, I mean, you're in Vegas. Like, how would you? Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. It kind of goes hand in hand. Let's let's be serious, right? Um, but what I do really want to talk to you about, Webby, is fictional characters. I mean, I feel like oh, no. Bobby Axelrod oh, definitely no. would be the guy to to pay off some college kid to go to his alma mater. No, oh I my see god, storyline in billions. No? I could see Maybe. Wags doing it. I could see <laughs> Wags doing it for sure. Billions is back, Mister Webster. Oh, are man. you in? Are you enjoying this season of Billions? Not since a show called The Newsroom. Okay. Have I hated a show so much? <laughs> and yet okay. be compelled to watch every week. How do you hate Billions? Why do you hate Billions? Yo, Billions is whack, bro. What? <laughs> Yo, you got to get the gonna Billions fight. out of here. Out of here. What? Why do you dislike okay. Billions? Well, all right. 
I've disliked Billions for a couple of different reasons. All right, it's very on the nose to me. Now I like Koppelman and the guys who created it, and there is a Sorkin too who works on the script as well. And it's, but to me, it's like it's a little like Entourage, but the peop, the kids who watch Entourage are now ten years older. Ah, you know, interesting. It's, it's yeah. just like it's like rich white boy fantasy play. Yeah, no, that's it's and pretty... the, and listen. If the story was better, I'd be all about it. But I can only do this so long, you know. And especially the first two episodes of this season, like this week's episode was so bad. I like what you said about Entourage because, like, the thing about Entourage and the one thing I will say first off is that I think Billions is a much better show yes. than Entourage. I will yeah. say that for starters. But the element of Entourage in terms of it just being a fun watch is basically why everyone who did watch Entourage every week watched it. And Billions is – I like that actually, the smarter version of that because it is a lot yeah, smarter. But it's the more grown-up version. Fun, the element of fun is definitely there. Like you're tuning in for a fun watch. And it was interesting because I was listening to him on – Koppelman was on Bomani Jones's show, right? Oh, nice. Uh, or on uh, Bomani's podcast, pardon me. And one of the things they were talking about was billionaire life and basically how um, on the show they like showing how much – like you're basically able to try to solve all your problems because you're a billionaire. You can get out of any situation. But they talked about the fact that there's never any murder or any like serious injuries done mm -hmm. on the show. Not to say that billionaires don't partake in that, but they made a decision with the show that they were never going to go there because that's not why people come to the show. Right. That's kind of your point, right? The stakes are pretty low. But here's the other thing, too. Like like Entourage, they love dropping in those like little references or yeah. uh, people will show up, but instead of you know athletes or actors, it's like people in the tech world or like yeah. famous super rich people. And like they get to have these little cameo appearances on the show. And like mm -hmm. I've got no problem with that. Again, like if the like if the if the story was better and was going more places, I would be down. Now, the other thing is I really think that Taylor Taylor, yeah. It like revelation. Like um such a great character. Uh, unbelievable and like that's a great role and a, a great person to play that part. Yeah. But it's, man, it's 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 a rough go. Now, did you ever get around to watching um what was the one that I liked last year? Oh shit! Uh, sorry. After I watch Billions, I watch Very Cavalry. No, no. <laughs> what was the one about the? Uh, it was kind of like it was about the rich family, and but they, they were oh, more succession. Fucked up. Yeah, oh, succession. Man. Yeah, like that is the show that needs to come back in my life. No, I liked Succession. Don't get me wrong; I really enjoyed Succession, but I really enjoyed Billions just because it's so much fun. I like the little nuggets that they drop in in terms of the pop culture references, but also it's not even just pop culture references. There's references to like art and history. Right. And, but like, it's so heavy handed. It's for like, sure. it's, it's Hey, very... we're like hitting you over the head with it. But that's why you also didn't like the newsroom, right? Yes, because the newsroom exactly. was also like Lacks no subtlety. real person talks like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. I can get that. All right. I'm just totally in on 
well, first off, there's the going to be some moments. Bobby Axelrod is hilarious. <laughs> Wags, like, imagine, imagine like whatever your job is, but your right hand man was Wags. Yeah. Like that would be incredible. Um, you mentioned Taylor being a very good Taylor's. character, just in terms of like, you know, how groundbreaking it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and because, that is, and it's weird because that is handled in a totally different way than beating you over the head with all these references and totally all these. Agree. It's handled so subtly and like, ah, it's just so no, interesting that part of the show. No, I totally get what you mean. I also think it's it's. You know, they kind of know what works and what doesn't work. And so we haven't seen Axe's kids in a very long time. We haven't seen his wife in a very long time. In this season, yeah. Or his ex-wife, sorry. Um, It's just a fun, fun watch. The dynamic of the workplace. I love, um, uh, what's his name's wife? Chuck Rhodes' wife. What's her name? Oh, no. No, I was going to call her Tara. I was going to call her Tara from uh, Sons of Anarchy. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to get in trouble with my wife because my wife loves Tara from Sons, and I think that girl is a terrible actress. She's so good, man. She's so good. I thought she was good in Sons, and she's also good in this show because, to me, the hidden gem of Billions is that she's the one running the show that's in control of both Bobby Axelrod and Chuck Rhodes. Like, to me, that's the genius behind it where, as you say, too, they don't smack you over the head with it. But if once you're taking it in and you realize that she's the one really pulling the strings, yeah, I love that show. I'm glad it's back. Happy it's back. And... Again, as always, people, let us know what you think. Are you enjoying Billions? Do you like Billions or not? Now, one more thing. March Madness. We got, oh, sorry, I got go on. one more thing for you. Now, I, I, it's not to say that I don't like bad things because I like bad things when they're so bad they're good. Okay. Now, there, uh, I don't know if you've been on your Netflix recently, mm-hmm. but have you watched Triple Frontier? No, I have not. Okay. We got to get you to watch Triple Frontier. Do you know what it is? Is it the Ben Affleck movie? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, okay. the, it's the Ben, and it's got your boy Charlie Hunnam in it, too. Uh, okay. it's got, Speaking of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yes. It's got Oscar Isaacs, or okay. Oscar Isaac, and one more person. Who am I forgetting? Okay, anyway. that will be it. I'll add that to my weekend rock watching list, and we'll get back to it next week for if sure. If you can get to it, man, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. What? <laughs> but it it is it is so good. It is so good. <laughs> okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We'll do that for sure, as well as keep you up to date on everything going on March Madness-wise, everything as the NBA season winds down. And I'll be honest with you, Webby, this was a lot more fun than talking about the Raptors and Knicks tonight. <laughs> what was the final score? Give us the final score. What was the I final? I don't know, man. I turned that off a long time ago. Sixers, Sixers won. Boban hit a three. Boban, Raptors Boban. won one seventeen ninety two. There is also something that will bring you to the table next week because there was like almost a, a riot on my Sixers Twitter um, okay. because somebody wrote an article that was basically like the case against TJ McConnell. Oh, and I was like, I, I'm not here for that, man. Wow. You can't, wow. you can't do that. You can't write a hit piece like that about my boy. Uh, oh, the last big, thing I'll ask you about win. though. About your Philly guy, did you see your man Bryce Harper's shirt today? Yo. Yeah. <laughs> it's sold out. I went to that page where the guy oh, was selling. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. No, I already I already checked. Did you see his cleats? His uh, He had Philly fanatic cleats. 
Yo, Bryce Harper, welcome to Philadelphia. <laughs> Let's go, Phillies. What's I going on? I love the complete turn of Phillies fans because I'm sure they hated uh, Bryce Harper when he was on the Nationals. I'm so conflicted. Like, Bryce Harper, <laughs> not only just on the Nationals, he was one of my, like, least favorite athletes of all time. Uh, like, so I thought he was way more style than substance and whatever. Now, now he's wearing the red and white pinstripes. Now he's like a brother. And you love the style I would, now. Oh, my God. <laughs> look at that hair. I'm I'm about to take what last little bits that I have on the top of my head and try and make a little Phil Messina, Bryce Harper haircut going on up here. But I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, Yo, shouts to Phil Messina, by Yo. the way, when... When his man's Voight hit a home run today, I was like, oh. I hit him up. Think of Messina today. I hit him up right away. It's when Voight uh, hit the home run, I was like, yo, does he have a good nickname? And he was like, it's just Babe Voight. That's it. <laughs> well, my guy also hit a home run today, too. Robbo Cano. I know. Yo, <laughs> the, the Lol Mets finally paying a pitcher. And, like, DeGrom looked great today. Outdueling um, out Max Scherzer. Like, it's going to be one of maybe a dozen games you guys win this year. It's going to be great. Well, I will leave you and our viewers with this. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Mets, do yourselves a favor after your, this podcast ends, which it will in about 30 seconds, go on to Twitter and just search Stephen A. Smith DeGrom. That's it. <laughs> Take a listen and just know that that Stephen A. Smith rant occurred the day before the Mets actually signed DeGrom. <laughs> Resigned to Trump. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy. I'll leave you with that little nugget. But until then, Webby, where can the people find you to tell you their response to listening to Stephen A. Smith? Listen. <laughs> Jacob's DeGrom, uh, Jacob DeGrom take. Listen. Tell me why. Hit me up on Twitter at A Webster 84 and tell me why Giannis Atatacumpo deserves the MVP over James Harden. Okay. Okay. Tell me why. Send and tell me why billions. People. Tell me why billions is good. Why is billions good? Billions isn't good. Billions is so good. Oh, you're my crazy. guy Brian Koppelman. Huge shouts to my guy Brian. Koppelman. No, he's talented for sure. But I don't know this show, man. Drive me nuts. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and of course, the Wrap It Up podcast airs after. Every Raptors game, most Raptors game, 97, 98% of Raptors games. Yeah, yeah. You can find the Wrap It Up podcast live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes for Instagram, or you can find it in the podcast feed. Same exact place you find this podcast, which is the Ball on Blast podcast. That is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast and you will find the feed of all this NBA or basketball and pop culture goodness that we try to bring to you each and every week. Huge shouts to the OG listeners on SoundCloud. Special shouts to the people on YouTube as well. Keeping that conversation going, arguing with me about Mark Gasol and JV takes. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. I really, really do. I appreciate you guys. It's Yo, so much fun. Bruno Caboclo was four years away from being four years away. And then after that <laughs> happened, the Raptors got rid of him. Like, well, wait a second. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. Pascal Siakam is the Bruno Caboclo that we never – that. <laughs> wait, hold on. What was I trying to say there? Pascal yeah. Siakam is what Bruno Caboclo was supposed to be. Does that right. make sense? The two years away, the Brazilian KD. Two years away from being two years away. That's what it was. (laughs) 
And then after those four years, they traded him or they released him or whatever. Yeah, I mean, see ya. shouts to you Bruno and shouts to you guys for listening to this the Ball on Blast podcast because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the Ball on Blast podcast as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya peace this is Ball on Blast part of the On Blast podcast network available on iTunes SoundCloud and YouTube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends holla Boom, blast.